I hate this place, this zoo, this prison, this reality, whatever you want to call it. I can't stand it any longer. It's the smell. If there is such a thing, I feel saturated by it. I can taste your stink. And every time I do, I fear that I have somehow been infected by it. It's repulsive, isn't it? I must get out of here. I must get free. And in this mind is the key, my key. Uh-oh. Sounds like somebody's got a case of the Mondays. Welcome to Trilogy in Theory. My name is Webb and this is my co-host Mike and we are diving right back into the best movie year ever uh, and then we're looking at 1999 and we're talking about two flicks today. <laughs> two of them actually from 1999 too. We got it right. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Uh, about a month apart and I, I didn't think too much about it at the time but having done a double feature of both of them they really complement each other very well really really well we're talking uh, the 1999 films office space and the matrix uh let, let's talk office space first since it came out first um I, again it, it was one of those that i didn't catch in theaters um because i was too young we couldn't get in opening weekend right here baby oh my goodness i can't believe it <laughs> early this, adopter this really <laughs> this is really exciting for me. Oh, so let, let, let me let me ask you right away. Like, were you an immediate fan of this flick? Yes, yes. Even though you didn't have the same experiences that these characters on screen are having, like the banal office stuff. It did help that I, I distinctly remember uh, my stepfather's enthusiasm for it, uh, who had spent most of his adult life in some sort of office-like capacity. So he really was digging it, and that that was infectious. Uh, and this is where it's going to get a little nerdy, but it was cool that it it sort of bonded the generations. Um, me and my younger brother were really big Beavis and Butthead fans, and we were the target demo for that in the early to mid-90s uh, as up-and-coming teenagers. And I remember my mom being very angry about that. She, like... <laughs> Did not want us, uh, like wearing or owning any sort of Beavis and Butthead attire or like figures, nothing. She, she wanted to wipe Beavis and Butthead from the face of the earth. Uh, not because the content was offensive, but because she did not want her children idolizing the stupid of the world. She did not. <laughs> Whereas my stepdad, like, tried to be like, let me take a look at this. It can't be that harmful. And then he became a huge fucking fan of Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> so. At least the men in this little family unit, we were actually really looking forward to uh, Mike Judge and what he was going to do outside of Beavis and Butthead. So we were coming at it as super fans of Beavis and Butthead and got a very different uh, experience, but one that has, I guess, 
almost outlived, I would say, Beavis and Butthead to a certain extent in his uh, career. Yeah, Beavis and Butthead keep getting uh, revivals, right? And and Office Space has yet to have a another uh, addition to its lore, and it consistently is something that people look at as like, well, of course, it's a classic. Unless you count The Office. Like, unless you count the fact that the workplace comedy is something that people wanted more of, and they decided to do their version of it, much like, um, I think, Friends uh, was also, uh, it's kind of been accused of, like, Cameron Crowe singles. Like, someone saw that and said, we could do that more successfully if we just put it in the mm. sitcom setting. Okay. Okay, I see. I mean, it's influence, there's no doubt. Um, I don't know if Beavis and Butthead had any real influence. Uh, uh, well, South Park? Like, do you say? Yeah, yeah. There's always something where someone says there's money here. <laughs> we can we can dive into that <laughs> genre. <laughs> you know what? Inspiration. It inspired quite a bit. But I don't know if you can watch animation today and immediately be like, oh, well, that's clearly taken from Beavis and Butthead. I think it, it ignited a lot of uh, people's imaginations. Guys like, uh, well, I don't even know Seth MacFarlane. Like uh, people like him, I think Simpsons was a bigger influence, and and the Flintstones. At the end of the day, like Beavis and Butthead, the cultural impact, though, I mean, especially at the time, like as the book mentions, they were on Rolling Stone magazine within like a year of them uh, debuting. That's really impressive. What's also interesting is I, I kept thinking as I was reading this chapter. Uh, Beavis and Butthead, as you said, they've tried to sort of like revive it. I think there was one 10 to 15 years ago that was sort of short-lived on MTV before they just started playing reality prank shows 24 hours a day. <laughs> uh, I think there's one more recently that I've missed. I, I don't know. I, I feel like there was a movie. Okay. Uh, I'm sure that's probably yeah. propping up, you know, Paramount Plus. It, you know, it only exists because there's a <laughs> streaming service. Uh, but I've always thought that. Beavis and Butthead are two of their time. Like if they just stay the yeah. same, they're the, you know, the Gen X kind of bordering like the, the young Gen Xers sort of like take on the world that probably makes no fucking sense to a teenager now. Like the idea of sitting on a couch and waiting for corporate America to program music for you to watch. I don't, I don't think so. I don't think they're going to comment on that. They're probably streaming themselves already, like from the womb. Um, Office space is one that they even talk about in this chapter that, you know, Mike Judge was thinking he missed his window. He thought this was a commentary on yeah. the 80s, the 80s workplace, and thought that this is, you know, unfortunately came out like a decade too late. Um, but what what do you think about that? Because I've kind of gone back and forth on Office Space as far as how the worldview of the character, if it's shared by people entering uh, the workforce, because since then we have gone through one major recession with the housing crisis and the end of the, the aughts. And I guess for the last few years, post COVID it's been threatened that the country's about to go through a recession. What do you, what do you think people coming to office space would feel about the plight of Peter and his friends uh, in this film? In today's context, I think Maybe oddly wistful for the people who kind of want to be back in that uh, atmosphere, 
I guess. Like you know, you know, any who are, who are these people that hate working from home so much that they want to deal with the likes of Lumberg and you know, company uh, past the cake days? I don't, I don't know about that. I, I think my only retort would be absence makes the heart grow fonder that's just like it's like oh that sucked but it was kind of nice like I, I i can't explain it but i know that there are people who enjoy just the interaction uh with other human beings i i myself if i could find a way to process crime scenes from home <laughs> <laughs> i would that's the ticket you know go full minority report get you know if this patreon would ever take off we could get you that apple vision pro and maybe you could write up a little memo saying i can do this i can do this from from home so if you like what you heard stumble over to patreon.com slash projecting film there you'll find all of our episodes on cinema speculation for this year along with other Patreon-specific episodes for movie podcasts such as Offscreen Death and Silver Cinema. And if you hate clicking on links, don't worry. You'll get your own podcast-specific feed under commentary track as if you need one more feed to listen to me on. It's just a buck, though. 